We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. All right, Monday afternoon on St. Louis's Home for Conservative Talk. Mark Reardon on this um, Monday edition of the show. I do want to mention we've got Sue's News coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Also, Amir Hadzik's coming in, retired gunnery sergeant with the United States Marine Corps. His take on what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. Kusumano a little bit later. I guess, uh, Fred, you probably saw this. Trey Turner went to the Phillies. So, yeah. You know, that, that, I didn't expect that. No, I don't think. That, that was a long shot former Dodger, but, you know, there was a report. What was interesting about this, there was a report by, I can't remember if it was someone at SI or somewhere else, that the Cardinals were actively pursuing the shortstop market. There are other shortstops out there. And then, of course, they're looking for a catcher as well. The winter meeting's taking place. Uh, Matt Pauley from the Camo X side, who joined us on Friday, will um, chime in as things happen, and hopefully we'll get some... It'd be nice to know, wouldn't it, before Christmas yeah. if the Cardinals going to have a different bat or a couple of different players, so we'll see what happens on that. So we have Sue's News coming up, and I wanted to mention this just briefly because, and Abby, I thought you were going to join me last night because I went to Foles at the uh, pageant. This is an alternative band that's been around, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so, but the reason I want to bring it up is because I'm guessing most people listening to the show right now have never heard of this band. Fred, you ever heard of Foles? No, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the new ones, which is called Life is Yours, which, interestingly, they didn't do last night. Really? Yeah, they didn't do this one. They did Wake Me Up in 2 a.m. in 2001 from the new record, but not this one, which was surprising. But I um, I said this to Abby a short time ago because the crowd, and this happens to me a lot with alternative music because they would be in the alternative music genre, if you will. The crowd was very young and hipster, like Abby's age. Uh, <laughs> a lot of women there as well. And then there were a bunch of old people like me. There, there didn't huh. seem to be like a lot of in-between. And I do notice this at shows like this. And I, I have somewhat of a theory because I think younger people in particular, they do. This was a another radio station doing their um, point. It was the point. Well, I don't care if I say it right. It's a ho-ho-ho show. And that's the kind of music that they play. But I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't listen to the point. I listen to, sadly, as a terrestrial radio guy, I listen to satellite radio sometimes for my music or the music services but it's weird because there were a fair amount of people i'm in my can i say mid 50s even though i'm up i think 50s. that okay. yeah, mid, you're just i'm in my mid 50s but <laughs> i, I know that, to that the there seven. were people there that were older you know older than that low 60s that were into that band now 
here's here's my dilemma. Okay, you guys can weigh in on this. I'm thinking about this last night. I'm at the show, and I once said this, maybe even ten years ago. I thought, you know what? If I'm not going to see shows, rock shows like this, when I'm 65 or 70, I'm going to be disappointed in myself, all right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like music changes, but I can kind of roll with the changes. There's a lot of music that I still love. I've made the commitment outside of Springsteen to not see anyone else over the age of 70, okay. which might become a little bit of a challenge. But am I going to get too old to go to these shows? Uh, no, you can do what you want. I know, but it's it's kind of... I'm starting to feel old. I don't think there's ever an age you're too old I, I, to go to a concert. As long as you're having fun and you're not like causing a disturbance, which I don't think <laughs> oh, I, I cause disturbances, let me tell you. I do cause well, disturbances. Well, it's yes. I think you're fine doing what you want. I yeah, agree I think with it, Abby. I think you're not too old. You're, you're cool. That's what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, until I'm hobbling around on a cane in the middle of the pageant on the floor that's the one thing i, I will say well, then you'd really be you. cool that's what i was gonna say i mean that's the real cool fred knows this because he's known me for a long time but i've been very active in going to concerts not only big venues but i go to a lot of club shows old rock house off broadway pageant delmar hall duck room I've, I've hit those constantly over the years my wife and i are huge music fans the kids are music fans as well um but you know, it, it gets tougher and tougher when you get older. And I will say this last night, my friend Greg Harris, and I didn't think that there was anyone on the planet that goes to more shows at my age than me. And my friend John introduced me to Greg and Amy, uh, his wife, and they see a lot of shows. So Greg and I are kind of like concert date people, right? Mm-hmm. So he likes to get in there early because the pageant opens up 6.37. Last night yeah. it was 6.30. So we went and had dinner at um, Mission Taco. That place is oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. That, that is burrito yeah. last night that just, they knocked it out of the park. Walked down. We get in there very early, and we found those seats. You know, if you get in early, you can find seats. They didn't even have the upper deck, the upper deck open last night. It was wow. a smaller show. Sometimes they do that. So it wasn't that populated. So we were sitting right above the floor. That's mm-hmm. where my seats were. And Greg's like, I think I'm going to go down there. You know, he thinks he's a lot younger than, oh, than he really is. So we both went down onto the floor and just left our jackets where we were s- seated. And then a couple of tall dudes came down. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Yeah. And I went and sat down because it was more comfortable to not stand the entire show. But standing does become an issue as well. Does it? Yeah, I think it does. Tired if, of it? Well, I if you go to, to if, sit. If I was going to a show last night and I was, uh, you know, going to try to get right in front of the stage, which sometimes I do, even though, you know, I'm old, then you're standing for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, that does nothing for me. I don't think I've ever stood for See, a show. That's just it. <laughs> Wait, Frank, you never like you've never gone I've to a never concert down and stood. To the, no. Really? See, I'm a sitter too, Fred. Yeah. I'm with you. I I'm mean, I'll get up for whatever uh, song, but I don't want to stand up the entire time. You like to go down in front, in yeah, the pit sort of thing, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, what about if you're at like a well, Fred doesn't. Fred doesn't go to music festivals, but like when we used to have a Lou Fest or something, you're well, down there in a big fine, crowd of people. But... You're, you're, there's no seats. Mm-hmm. No, you're not doing that, huh? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> okay. No, no, no go for Fred, I guess. That's good enough. Let's do this this afternoon. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. On this date in history, 168 years ago today, you know, this actually goes with the semi, what we're talking about. This would be in 1854. Aaron Allen patented the folding theater chair. Oh. Well, uh-huh. hey. And it, it, it's just odd to think about that never existed before somebody actually came up with a thing that you can 
go into the aisle and push down that's your a, chair. That's a pretty I mean, big it's deal. It's a really big deal. It is really kind of a big deal. Never thought about it until this very moment. Yes. But right? thank you. What was his name? His name was Aaron Allen. Thank and you, he, Aaron. Yes, he did that in 1854. So then they could put more seats in. I mean, the whole thing is kind of incredible. Well, here's here's the deal about those, and I think we all know that. If you're at um, a venue that doesn't have those, it's a lot more difficult it's to loud. let people. Well, yeah. just to let people get up and let yes. them get by, right? Yes, that's actually a really good point. Uh, so, yeah, that's a big deal, and they're plush and fabulous. It depends on where you are. Like the Fox is really good. And on this day, ugh, I just threw this in because, ugh, 54 <laughs> years All ago right. today, in 1968, guess who won the Heisman Trophy? O.J. That is correct. Yeah, USC student uh, O.J. won the Heisman. And 38 years ago today, this movie was released. It has some music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and here's another one of those situations where the theme from the movie, which this is called Axel Woo! F, isn't it? Yep. Right. Um, was I don't know how high this went up on the charts, but it was a top ten hit. It, yes. Right. It's very recognizable. How many times have boom, you seen this boom, movie, boom, 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 Mark Reardon? A lot, and it's Me still too. one of those. Me I'll still too. watch this one Same when it's here. on. Love it. Love it, Fred. Couple. couple yeah, times. you've seen it. How about you, Abby? Have you even seen Beverly Hills Cop? I have not seen it. Could really? you tell us, uh, just guessing, who the star of this is? Well, you saw I, it because you I pulled the music. So, I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Would you have known? I would not have guessed in a million years <laughs> that it was Eddie Murphy. No way. I love it. I love this movie. And of course, how many did they do, Mark? Three or four? Uh, did they Beverly do three? Hills Cops? I oh, there was a three. There was? Okay. I think if there they, was a three. There maybe was a not. Three, I don't know if it was with the. Oh, F, maybe I'm know. thinking of something else. Will you look that up just to make sure? Beverly Hills Cop. 90210. <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> it does say, look at that. It says yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah. 1994. I, never saw that one. Who's? I think I saw it. John Tenney. <laughs> I'm not saying it was good. Yes. Uh, Ooh, there's a warehouse. Joey. In it. Oh, it had to be good because not John, but Joey Travolta. Was in it. <laughs> oh dear. Hey, remember when we we interviewed? Think, uh, didn't we? Yeah, interview we did. Joey Travolta? He was, was he pretty nice? good. He was yeah, good he was. Yeah. He had, What's Joey his Travolta. Thing? Is he like a minor actor? He, had, you know, he actually had a lot of things going for him, and maybe even I think wasn't it a better career track than his brother? And then that all stopped. <laughs> oh, John took off. Yeah. Oh wow. I can't remember all the the particulars, but it was something like that. Gosh, I didn't realize I was watching him in this film. I'll be darned. Uh, three. Three, that is. Except until November 23rd, Bever- Beverly Hills cop Axel Foley will come out. Uh, I haven't ooh. heard anything about it, but I just Googled Beverly Hills cop four and that popped up. So Look at that, Mark. Hey, I heard four. something about that and then I didn't know if it really was going to happen. Can I can I toss in a couple of things here about movies? Because there was a, an interesting trailer that seems very bizarre with... Um, Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill, and Jonah Hill plays a guy who wants to marry his daughter, a white kid that wants to marry his daughter who's African-American, and it seems kind of quirky. But then I saw this preview today for this movie Champions with Woody Harrelson, which looks fantastic. Ernie Hudson is out. This is going to be out in March. It's Bobby Farrelly who did, you know, uh, Kingpin with Woody Harrelson in 1996, and it's basically best I can kind of come up with based on the trailer. It's a basketball team oh, trying remember. to compete in the Special Olympics, but it's all these, you know, mentally challenged autistic kids, and it looks... You know, I have a Fine. soft spot for movies, yeah. like like feel-good sports I movies. It. So it's one of those that looks perfect for that. Oh, that's Comes nice. What's March. it called? Champions? Champions. All right, I look forward Trailer's to that. Trailer's out today. I had a conversation about this over the weekend with a friend of mine who said she was out driving around. We were eating at that uh, El Catrine. Oh, I love that. We got to go down there. Is that the new one by yeah, you, though? it's so great. 
We have to go. So Fred's explain in. the difference. The one, the one that's on Hampton is La Catrina. I believe so. We're the male version on. But <laughs> on same same owners. But this is the place that used to be the legendary hilltop in Correct. South in South St. Louis, yes. not too far from Coronet Park. Correct. Uh, so yeah, it's a go. We'll all have to go. We'll get to. Uh, producer Emeritus uh, Dave Klein to go with us. But we were discussing this. She's like, you know what? Okay, she had just gotten the budget bill for her electric, and it had gone up substantially. And uh, she's like, how much is it costing these people to put out all these Christmas decorations outside in front of their house? Well, I said, LEDs have to be a factor, right? Because it's so cheap. Well, this is. Uh, there was a story out today how much... Is that holiday light display costing you a month? It really does come down to what type of lights you use, LED or incandescent. Nobody, do you have incandescent anymore? Does that exist, Fred? Um, On for outdoor lights, do you mark? Well, know you don't know. Tell. You don't put yours up. I have no idea. Have no idea. It, one of the most it's, frustrating it's like things. It's just a simple string of lights. Well, yeah. I'm thinking that it's LED now, and assuming that the lights are on. For, f- for six hours a day, over 30 days, a string of LED lights will cost less than a dollar. Yeah, it's not going to be very much. I mean, right? it's nothing. Right. Now, if you had the old kind, the similar size string of incandescent lights, I feel like I'm saying that weird, incandescent, incandescent, no, will cost about 3 to $5 over the same time span. So it is more expensive to have those. But it's, you know, cheap if you got it, the LEDs. I always forget to turn mine out when I leave. I'm supposed to turn them out when I leave for work. Oh, turn them, them off? Oh, yeah, turn them off, yeah. unplug them. I always forget. I come home from work. They're on. So they're on all day. You should get a Wait, timer, Fred. When, I was going to say, you, you're, when you say you're supposed to, because you that's just one of, That's one of my husbandly jobs. Oh, I yes, see. Yes. Well, to Sue's point, they have these little things now. Like, when I, I go home tonight, my my lights are off right now, and at about 445, they're going to come <laughs> on, Fred. Timers are too it's hard to not set. not Santa's magic. <laughs> oh, Fred. Okay, we'll set it for you. Okay. One yeah, of the most, really and hard. I'm not exaggerating this, though. I really feel, and I've gone off on this before, I think one of the most frustrating things to do in a store, like if you go to the Lowe's or the Home Depot or even Target or something like that, is to try to find a replacement light bulb. It used to be so damn easy. True. You just go get the light bulb that looks like the other light bulb, and boom, you're set. 50 watt, 75 watt, 100 watt. That's all you got to decide. Now... You can't figure it out. Why? I, I, I have no idea. I don't like, either, but I agree because I can stay in that aisle oh, for like hours, 30 minutes yeah. just looking. Right. And you really have to make sure you get the warm instead of the cool light, too. You're right. That's, That's another, another factor but because see, I, it'll look like a supermarket so if you I, get the wrong kind. I have kind. This, this light in my kitchen right now that is a, it's a dimmer, mm-hmm. right? And I got the dimmable... Bulb. Like to put in there yeah. the bulb, but when I dim it all the way down to the bottom, it doesn't go off. It's still there's oh. some light coming. So what mm. I do there? What's what's the problem? What did I do? Click I bought the, the wrong thing. Oh, well, I, I don't, don't know. Think so can't you turn it off? No, still? Or it you will can't not go click off. Below that? Nope. It just oh. it, when I all my other lights, I go all the way down. They're yeah. off. Right. This one stays on. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I can't answer that. A recent report from Redfin found that nearly one in four home buyers are looking to move to a new city, and most are looking. At what state? Florida. That is correct. Here are the top 10 most popular searches. This is interesting. Sacramento, California is number one. I guess you figure it's not as expensive as any of the other ones, but still, it's California. Number two, Mark's home away from home, Vegas. Vegas, Number three is Miami. Number four is San Diego. Number five, Tampa. 
Phoenix, Cape Coral, Florida, Sarasota, Florida, Dallas, Texas, and Orlando. So mostly in Florida, but a few others sprinkled in. Now, here are the top five cities home buyers are looking to leave. <laughs> Number five is Boston. Boston. Number four is D.C. Uh, Chicago's got to be on here, right? No. Number no. three, New York, New York. Home of Fred Bottenheimer. Number two, <laughs> L.A. And number one, what is the number one city? San Francisco. That is correct. I didn't even cheat on these. I'll I tell got you two what, right. Mark is on fire <laughs> wow. today, people. And finally in Sue's News, we do have today's random fact. Oh, I love this. All the sweaters Fred Rogers wore on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood were knitted by his mother. Isn't that the wow. sweetest thing you've ever heard? That is. I love it. Oh. I'm and that's th- it. I'm going to throw in an audible here. I sent this one to you, but I don't know if you saw it because this is something that some people can relate to. Uh, Bob from Sesame Street, Bob McGrath. This really upset away. me this morning. Carl played this uh, on the morning show, and I loved him as a kid. Yeah, I was a Sesame Street kid, early '70s. Not into the Electric Company very much, and I, you know, I remember obviously that was one of the characters I remember the most. Bob McGrath. He was 90 years old. His daughter said the cause was complications after a stroke. The obit in the New York Times says that he wasn't particularly interested when an old fraternity brother told him about his new project, a children's show on public television. Yeah, he had never heard of Jim Henson at the time. He had never seen a Muppet. After his first meeting and a look at some of the animation, he said, I'm in. It was September, I'm sorry, it was November of 1969 that Bob McGrath started with other cast members on Sesame Street. So there you go. We'll go out with this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Well, we uh, obviously still have a situation between Russia and Ukraine. I saw a report today that Ukraine says that it has shot down 60 to 70 Russian missiles. I don't know if that's true or not, but Amir Hezek is back with us in the studio this afternoon, retired gunnery sergeant with the United States Marine Corps. He's been a great resource on this particular topic, and thank you for coming in, Amir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you for having me on your show again. So you you have something, and I don't know if this is going to work. We're going to try it. The technology is a little tricky, but you have someone on the line with you that you know that might be able to give us a little bit more direct flavor for what's going on, right? Well, uh, my friend James Carp is my fellow Marine. We actually deployed to Afghanistan together back in 2006, and uh, we went separate ways. I went to different units. He, he got out of Marine Corps. Then uh, a couple of years later, he joined the French Foreign Legion. Oh, really? Yeah, he's just a warrior at heart, I suppose. And uh, I was uh, not one bit surprised uh, when he reached out to me uh, from Ukraine, wondering if I was going to join him over there. I said, well, not right now, brother. I appreciate the invite. Uh, God bless you and Godspeed. And uh, I, uh, when you invited me to your show, I invited James to join us. So I have him on one of my uh you know, secret squirrel apps, one of those encrypted ones. Um, live. Yeah, so we don't have him on the phone line, but we're going to see if we can hear him through the microphone, right? That's correct. And, uh, you know, hopefully it works. Uh, James, can you hear us? James is actually in somewhere in Ukraine yes. right now, member of uh, Ukrainian International Legion. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear him too. Amir, it's probably going to be easier if you ask him a couple of questions since he can't hear me directly. So why don't you just ask a couple of questions about the current state? Hey, James. Uh, so we are watching what's happening in Ukraine, and it looks like uh, Russian military is getting routed completely up in uh, northeast of Ukraine, as well as uh, southeast of Ukraine. We're talking Kharkiv. We're talking Kherson. And I understand there's a lot of operations up Parisia. Um, it, it, what we're getting here from our media is that Russians are completely losing their minds over there. Apparently, they are uh, on some type of a Russian counteroffensive in city of Bakhmut over in the east. But are is, what, what are the chances of Ukrainian victory by the end of the uh, winter? I think everybody is very confident right now and does not understand that Russia has done this since Napoleon and Hitler. And now they will always uh, retreat in the winter. I see. And what do you think? So you think that Ukrainian successes are going to continue rolling? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they will move forward. But I, I, I know that it's going to get very cold. And when the ice freezes, um, then it's going to be time for motorized operations again, right? Yeah, I, 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 I God. Well, that, I think. Um, well, that's okay, brother. I I, I I hear you. And uh, who do you think this no, weather no, no, favors? No. Do you think this favors Russian defenders of uh, the parts of Ukraine that they occupied, or does this weather favor you guys on the offensive? I I think Russia mm -hmm. knows the weather, mm -hmm. and Ukraine is. Uh, being very confident right now. I see. The it, Russians will use the ice. And, and uh, no, uh, nobody's listening right now. <clears throat> How are you guys doing on ammunition? Do you need more? <laughs> it's a stupid Always. question. No, we have ammunition, we have food and everything. I just, it's, it, 
a lot of people will have become confident on the gain uh, the gains ex uh, that have been um, moved forward. But the Russians do this; they have done this since Napoleon. Once this ground freezes, um, we have to be ready for when they come back. This is this doesn't end. Interesting. Amir, let me, let me, I don't know if he can hear me, but uh, interestingly enough, last night I was coming back from a concert at the pageant and I had an Uber driver who was Russian and we just started talking about some of this stuff. And one of the points he made was he said, look, Ukraine is done. And from this perspective, and we're seeing some reporting about this, that they're basically going in and they're snuffing out different areas with the power grid in particular. Now you mentioned the cold weather. Aren't they kind of systematically going through some of these cities, cutting off the power, leaving the Ukrainians with very little resources? Isn't that part of their strategy? That is exactly their strategy, because as they keep having uh, and enduring combat losses, the Russians are retaliate, retaliating against civilian infrastructure. They are committing war crimes, and I, it is difficult for me to understand how somebody can excuse it and say, oh, it's just a military stratagem that we're taking out their power grid. But here's the thing. I don't even think that that's going to strangle Ukrainians. You know why? Because I spent three years during the hardest part of Bosnian war. Do you remember city of Sarajevo, which was under sure. siege for three years? People were burning their books. People were burning books that are hundreds of years old. To stay warm. Just to stay warm. But they survived. Because of the resilience. That's right. right. So resilience of Ukrainian people will come out on the top. I, I'm willing to bet on that. What does James say about that? And the, oh, of course. We, we, come on. Uh, we did this to the Iraqis in Fallujah and Afghanistan. We, we went after the power infrastructure. This is standard stuff this is what you do as a first world power um but he's right um the ukrainians <laughs> they know how to survive winters this is <laughs> if you go into a standard ukrainian house everything's prepared for winter just in case the power goes out like these, these people know how to handle winter this uh yeah they'll be fine uh, I, i've seen here when they <laughs> I've seen here when they do the power cutoffs and it's only for two hours and we lose uh, Wi-Fi for two seconds. And then CNN makes a dramatic stuff going, <laughs> oh, my God, we've lost the power. And it's like, we'll survive. They survive. What's been good about uh, this war is um, we've gotten the money from the uh, Western nations and the weapons. And that's what's winning. And the Ukrainians are winning it. But um, the Ukrainians will always... Always, always uh, survive. And the, the Ukrainians are like the every Eastern, Eastern Europeans. They always can survive the winter. It's not the problem. They just need to win uh, the, the weapons. So as long as you bring the weapons over, we'll be fine. And, you know, that's one of the things that impressed me the most about Ukrainians. You know, they're not interested in, uh, you know, getting evacuated. They want to they don't need a ride. They need ammunition. And uh I think Russians understand that as well. So that is why Russians are targeting our Western resolve, because they understand that that's Ukrainian uh, center of gravity, that, that that ability of Western world to support their war effort. And that's what's going to be under attack by uh, Russians and all. But fronts. I mean, the, the other conventional wisdom part of this would be that Putin's not going to he, he's not going to allow himself for Russia to lose this. So from what I hear, you, you say the Ukrainians are putting up a good fight, that they're going to get through this winter, but this is not going to have any kind of short-term conclusion, right? This is going to, if that happens, this is going to drag on for a long time. Well, it, it, it really depends on uh, our resolve, because I believe that Russians are counting that uh, 
we have less patients than they do. And they may be correct, but let's prove them wrong. Because you know what? You know who else didn't want to lose? Hitler. And, uh, the, and, and I'm not over here comparing no, I understand. Putin to Hitler directly, but I'm, I'm talking about resolve. Putin is going to have to eat a crow at the end of this because he overextended himself. He completely, he had a completely wrong idea of what his military capabilities are. I mean, the reason why Russians were so convincing uh, at convincing us that they have the second most powerful military in the world is because they believed it themselves. As it turns out, and I'm going to quote local St. Louisan, we all thought that Russia had the second most powerful military in the world. As it turns out, they only have second most powerful military in Ukraine. James, do you agree with that? James, do you agree with this? I'd say I got to work for I got to work for J.B. Hunt. Uh, I got to work for J.B. Hunt in uh, Detroit, and Detroit was more um, Detroit, which was an American city. Right, and this was this is after my third war. This is before my. This is when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan. Detroit looked like a freaking war zone, and uh, coming here to this place and seeing what America is supporting, and not seeing the support to Detroit and Chicago. I'll be honest with you. My name is James William Carp, and we have neglected our own cities. I think a lot of I think a lot of people feel that way. Money on, yeah, I think a lot of people do too much money on, on, on. I'm sorry, we've spent too much money on Eastern Europe. This is freaking ridiculous. If you've ever been to a black neighborhood, uh, if you've ever been to a black neighborhood after coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, you would want to freaking firebomb. It, it's frustrating. I think it's frustrating to a lot of people. And I know that the, the case is made, though, Amir, that this is still a small drop in the bucket because if the Ukrainians achieve this by defeating the Russian military, that that's a big win even for the U.S. But I'm kind of with James from the standpoint we're sending billions and billions and we got needs here. I'm not an isolationist by any means, but it is a bit of a head scratcher. It is a bit of a head scratcher. I do. I, I would say that um, 20 billion dollars. James, real quick. Go ahead. Uh, uh, you know, $20 billion that we've sent so far to Ukraine is uh, well-invested money, uh, and it came out of our defense coffers. And uh, if we're investing into our defense and we understand... <laughs> okay. I, I, I hear well, this is James. good, though, because you guys are having a debate amongst yourselves, right? We are kind of having a debate right now. Uh, but no. and, and, and I hear you, and same thing with St. Louis. A city. These are American cities. No, I, no, this place is a waste of time. Okay, James, now let me ask you this. Uh, should we stop funding our uh, security assistance programs with Ukraine in order to reinvest that money into our inner cities like St. Louis yes. and Detroit? Should yep, we yep, should we yep, seize all yes, of our yes yes hundred yes hundred percent I'm a two oh okay well oh, 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 sorry about that <laughs> we got to do that here real sorry. quick <laughs> that's okay well listen sorry. I actually have to move on anyway and yeah. hopefully I got that hey, delay out thank of you James. but thank that you. look you know he, you can hear the passion in his voice yes, you know that he's got a different perspective it's a very that. complicated situation well I was kind of my finger was on the trigger anyway so hopefully that worked we'll see it's four forty two. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Monday afternoon. Oh, we're doing on Friday, too. Frank Cusimano with us to chat a little sports. I guess Trey Turner, Frank, Philadelphia Philly. He will not be playing shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals, although I don't think a lot of people held out hope for that. No, it was a pipe dream, and it didn't work. Uh, it's a blockbuster deal. It's 11 years. It's $300 million. And you gotta, if you want to love a baseball team, you got to love the Philadelphia Phillies organization. I mean, they just had this incredible run. And they have all these dynamic offensive players. And what do they do in the offseason? Well, they get the best offensive player available, or the second best after Aaron Judge. But this Trey Turner is a 300 hitter. He steals bases. He can play short, second center field. He's really tight with Bryce Harper. And I think Harper was a, a major recruiter in this signing. So this is awesome stuff if you're a Phillies fan. All right. I'm a, a huge fan if you got to move on. And if you're in the market for a shortstop, I love Dansby Swanson. Is that still possible? Or do the Cardinals get scared off by the amount of this contract? Because obviously it's going to affect other contracts as well on down the line. Yeah, Mark, if I had to bet, they're not going to pay any shortstop in St. Louis, Missouri, $25 million. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think if you come away from the winter meetings with a really good catcher, and maybe another starting pitcher, you should probably count your, count your blessings. Although I'd much rather see Dansby Swanson. But, you know, why, why can't the Cardinals be a team that has a shortstop that hits 25 to 30 and a catcher that hits 25 to 30? We're not getting that now. Now, you can win uh, if you don't have both, but it's a whole lot easier to win when you have both. Yeah, because there there was – I can't remember who reported it today. And this was before the Trey Turner deal became final, that the Cardinals were, in fact, you know, according to sources, in the market for a shortstop. Now, there are a couple others out there, but I'm with you. It's just not the nature of this team to write a contract like that. No, it isn't. And, you know, I, you know there's Carlos Correa. There's a bunch of interesting shortstops out there, but you don't see the Cardinals – I mean, I, I just – I don't think they're going to pay a shortstop $25 million. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, and on the catcher front, you think the target is still uh, Murphy from the A's? That makes the most sense because you don't have to pay him a ton of money. You have prospects to give. And this guy's a good defender, and he'll hit you 15 to 18 home runs. The Wilson Contreras for you know 15 to $20 million a year doesn't seem like the Cardinals, but I hope they prove me wrong. All right, let's zip through a couple other things. Unfortunately, let's run down what happened uh, Saturday morning. Boo! USA couldn't get it done, could they? No, and boy, you talk about acquiring a player. I mean, look, it's really simple with the United States national soccer team. They don't have a striker. They don't have that elite goal scorer. Now, those guys are pretty hard to come by, like 30 to 40 goal scorers in the NHL. But that's clearly what we saw here in the World Cup. Really athletic, really young. I don't mind Burkhalter as a coach, but they don't have that finisher. Let's talk about the Blues. Craig Berube was a little passionate about his team in the aftermath of another loss, wasn't he? Yeah, and he really he kind of backed off that a little bit today. He was very critical of Jordan Bennington, 
on Saturday saying that he's got to learn to stop the puck. That should be his number one item of concern. And then today he said, we talked, we had a good conversation. He's a competitive guy. And sometimes when things aren't going well, frustration sets in, emotions get the best of you at times. But the bottom line is there's 16 teams in the West. They're in 12th place. And they are the streakiest team I've ever been around. Win three, lose eight, win seven, and now lost five out of six. And we'll see what happens in New York tonight. They're going to drop the puck at 6 o'clock. He, what, part of his criticism was just on Bennington, wasn't it? Not not the goaltending, but just the way that he was behaving outside of the net. Is that part of it? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen the video, but you know when, he, when he's pulled from the game after giving up four goals on 17 shots, he goes by the Penguins bench very slowly and is like talking smack to him. Like, wait a minute, you just got bombed. Go to the bench. Forget it. You're done. Okay. You don't need to be doing that. And, you know, you could argue, wait a minute, isn't that part of what's made him great? Maybe it is. But I don't know. If you get rocked, I'd say get out of there. Yeah, I, I think I would agree on that. And on the bowl front uh, for Mizzou and Illinois, um, Illinois plays Mississippi State. It's the Gasparilla Bowl for the Tigers against um, – who are they going to play? I don't even remember now. Uh, they are going to play Wake Forest. That's it, Wake Forest. And now, I'm sure this sentence was never uttered before the season by any Mizzou fan. I wonder if we can get to the Gasparilla Bowl. But <laughs> but you look a little closer, Mark, it's not that bad. It's a game on national television. It's against a good ACC team. And it does not conflict with Missouri playing basketball against Illinois or Kentucky. And Drake really wanted the game before Christmas. He wanted the players home. And so I, it, it's, it's, it's a good challenge. Illinois, I'll tell you what, if you're an Illinois fan, you're loving this because it's their first January Bowl since 2008 and the Rose Bowl. They're playing a really good Mississippi State team. Both teams are 8-4. and four. And uh, I think you got to be thrilled if you're with your Illinois in your season. You're, you've got maybe the best defense in college football. I, I like uh, going back to Mizzou. I like the the Christmas Week Bowl because I think the audience will be there. I understand. I guess wanting to get the kids home and all that. But I think that an ESPN game during you know the week twenty sixth, twenty seventh. I think it's on the twenty seventh is a good thing for the program. They get that extra month of practice, so that's that's not a bad deal uh, overall. What about the the championship? Obviously, you had some surprises there, and Ohio State sneaks back in. Yeah, I think they had to with the way USC performed. I think the big question was with TCU losing when Alabama jump ahead of them. But Alabama really doesn't have any victories. This is not a career achievement, the, you know, the college football playoff. It's this year. And TCU went through the regular season undefeated. They didn't lose until the championship game, and that game was controversial in the way it ended. So, yeah, I, I like the way it, it's, it's happened. I, I'd love to see kind of a, a Michigan-Georgia championship game, too. Frank Cusimano, we'll talk on Friday. By Friday, after the winter meetings, maybe we'll have a little bit more of a clear picture on the 2023 Cardinals. We'll see. It could be an interesting week. That'd be awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, take care. Frank Cusimano, KSDK, sports director, with us every Friday and Monday. We'll take a break. we got a little sports in the next hour, too. Legendary NASCAR driver Kenny Wallace Woo-hoo! thrilled the hometown crowd. He, um, he had an amazing victory it's with so a last great. lap pass and then he went on the instagram and was hilarious and <laughs> i love Twitter's kenny so he's coming up after the top of the hour get more at 971talk.com t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.